This teaching is brought to you by Kingswood International Church, British Columbia. We believe that as you listen, faith is stirred up in you to become all God has called you to be. Thank you and God bless you. Today we're going to have a good time in God's word. You know, I love the word of God so much. Um, meditating today on God's word. <laughs> a lot of times people feel that um, the word of God is out of fashion. Some people feel, especially young people like myself, feel sometimes that the word of God is not relevant to us. The word of God is not, um, is not relevant. It's not relevant to these times. It's not relevant to our generation. Hallelujah. But that's not true. That's very untrue. And the Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but no part of God's word will pass away. No part of God's word. Without it being fulfilled, it's not possible. So um, if heaven and earth will pass away, it means that the word of God transcends generation. The word of God transcends time. It's, it's ever relevant. The word of God is ever relevant. Glory to God. So whether you're young, you're old, um, whatever generation you're from or you represent, the word of God applies to you. Like I'm saying this because I know lots of young people, like ourselves, feel um, the word of God is not, uh, it's it is 2021, come on. Um, you're still living in the <laughs> stone ages. You're still doing this Christian thing. You're still doing this Bible thing. You're still doing this church thing. Come on, this is 2021. The word has advanced. <laughs> Let me tell you, my friends, the word can never advance above the word. It's not possible. The word can never grow bigger than the word. Because this whole world that we know was formed by the word of God. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that. The word of God is what sustains the world. Praise God. I think somebody just needs to hear it. The word of God is never out of fashion. No, it's never out of fashion. It's never out of vogue. The, um, you can't say the word of God does not understand the times. No, that's not true. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Um, this month we started a series on how to hear God's voice, right? How to hear God's voice. I, I tagged it how to hear God's voice because um, I didn't want to use the, the, the traditional term we use in our circles, how to be led by the spirit. It's a very popular term amongst us as Christians, but I just want to make it as simple as possible. And um, like I always say, one of the major reasons for having an online Bible study is because many of us, if we are truthful to ourselves, don't spend time with our Bibles, right? Um, we are at work probably five times a week, seven times a week, 40 hours a week, some 48 hours a week, or even more. And if you're not careful, you will find that your spiritual muscles are getting weaker and weaker. You see, you eat three times a day or you eat two times a day or you take even one meal a day, but definitely you eat, right? And that food goes into your body and nourishes your body and gives your body the right nutrients, helps your muscles grow, helps your organs function properly. Now, if you don't give food to your spirit, Jesus said something. He said, my food, you know, my food. He said, a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word 
that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God is also a kind of food. So if you are eating just physical food alone, you are not living the way you ought to live. Jesus said, man must not live by bread alone, physical food. So when we have time to study God's word, read our Bibles, and go through scriptures, we are feeding. We are feeding. So it's not just another time to just um, while away time. No, we are feeding. We are feeding God. We are feeding our spirit with God's word. Amen. All right. So last week I started a series on how to um, hear God's voice. And like I said, I think this is after the subject of faith. I think understanding the Holy Spirit and how to be led is the most important thing a Christian should know. That's the most, most important thing a Christian should know because um, as we journey through life, we find out that some things are not expressly written in the Bible. I'll give a young guy who wants to get married and there are two ladies, Lady A and Lady B. There's probably no place in scripture where Lady A's name is written or Lady A's or Lady B's name is written. How will he take such decisions? How do you expect such a person to understand, um, to know who to follow, who to get married to, what job to take? You have two offers, one in one city, one province, the other in the other province. And they pay similarly. In, in, um, this, the pay is similar. How do you take such decisions? How? Praise God. So today we want to continue, and I want to just um, um, go a little bit. Last week I couldn't, I couldn't um, finish what I wanted to talk about. So I'm just going to finish what we started last week before we go into even how God talks to us. I want to lay, um, most of the times when I read my Bible or when I even teach, I like laying the foundation so that we can build upon it. Because if the foundation is weak, then everything else you build upon it, most likely, it's not going to stand. Amen. All right. So um, let's, let's, let's get into God's word, right? Amen. Trust. Our key scripture. Um, our scripture, John chapter 10, verse 27. John chapter 10, verse 27. John 10, 27. All right. It says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. If you are God's child, there is a DNA inside of you. There is something God has put inside of you that gives us that capacity to hear his voice. There is. There is, your DNA has been designed by God. Your spiritual DNA has been designed by God to hear him. It says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Hallelujah. I know them and they follow me. So I took some time to just read, look at the Greek meaning of, of the word voice. It's where the, the, the name phone comes from, the, the, the phone. You know, when we try to make a call, we are trying to 
um, get voice sound signals from somewhere else. So regularly in Greek, the word voice, they means a phone. A phone. A phone. So my ship hear my sound. My ship hear my sound. I know them and they follow me. So if you're God's child, there is capacity on your inside, ability on your inside to hear God's voice. No child of God should say, I can't hear God. This is scripture. This is not a man saying this. This is Jesus himself quoting it, saying if you are quoting Jesus, no child of God, no believer should say, I can't hear God. I can't hear God. Don't ever say that because on your inside is the ability and capacity to hear God. But if you said, my sheep hear my voice, it would have been nice. But he said something I love at the end. He said, I know them and they follow me. So it's not just hearing. There is an ability to hear God and respond accordingly. Glory to God. In you is the ability. I'm saying this so that um, your faith is going to rise. I'm saying so that your faith will rise. You, are you at a crossroad in taking decisions? I want you to believe that there is, there is an ability on your inside to hear God and obey accordingly and respond accordingly. Glory to God. You know, when I found this out, I told myself, that I can hear God. I can hear God and I'll follow him. Once he speaks, I will hear and I'll follow. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Glory to God. You know, like I said, it, it makes the word phone, you know? Phone. When you put, uh, when you make a call, you are hearing the sound. This is, for me, this is even better. And if you follow these teachings, um, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to find that hearing God is very easy. Very easy. And I said something last week. After I got born again, um, I had friends when we go for meetings, you know, and, and maybe the, the, the pastor, the minister tells everybody, this is going to happen for you, this is going to happen for you. I really had that experience. I really had such experience. I, I used to bother me as a young believer then. Oh, everybody, the pastor calls everybody, you know, and tells them something. And me, nobody calls me to tell me anything. And one of the things God told me when I asked him, said, look, I want you to hear me for yourself. I want you to train yourself to hear me. To hear me, praise God. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. Let's go. It says, there are many devices in a, in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord shall stand. I like the passion translation, which says, a person may have many ideas. God's plan, <laughs> ideas concerning God's plans for his life. Many of us have ideas. Oh, God wants me to do this. He wants me to do this. But only the designs of God's purpose will succeed in the end. So what does this mean? Having ideas is not enough. 
having good ideas. Ideas are good. We can be creative. But the one that will succeed is the one that is aligned with God's purpose. The one that will succeed and will stand the test of time is the one that is aligned with God's, God's purpose. So you see someone, oh, I have an idea to do this. So I just had this idea. I just had this thought. And it's good. Pen them down. But it's not every idea you should carry out. You know, today I, I want to, I said some things last week, and this week I want to give you scriptures. Um, I believe that the scriptures are the proof, not man's experiences, right? Yeah. But as long as the experiences are in God's word, that's fine. But scriptures are the basic proof of God's word. So you can have many ideas, but ideas are not enough. The ideas, you must make sure that those ideas are in line with God's purpose. You see, if you do this, you're going to save resources. You're going to save time. You're going to save energy. And sometimes you might save your own life. People have gone on journeys that they never had any business with because it was a great idea. Because it was a great idea. I'm going to be, you know, kicking some sacred cows today, but just follow me. Praise God. A great idea is not enough. Praise God. And this happens to a lot of people that are very creative, you know, have great imagination. It's good. And God gave you that ability for a reason. But you must make sure that ability, that ability to, to imagine and and visualize is in line with God's purpose. And how do you know that? You have to know how to hear his voice. You must learn to be learned by the spirits. Praise God. Hallelujah. Many ideas. Many ideas. You know, sometimes people say things that um, the first idea that comes to you, that's what you should do. Not necessarily. It might not be the last idea. <laughs> that comes to you. Amen. Amen. Psalm 32 verse 8. It says here in King James, I will instruct you, I will teach you in the way you should go. So God wants to instruct us and teach us in the way we should go. There's a way that you should go that I should not go. I'll say it again. There's a way that you should go, I should not go. There's a way that I should go that you should not go. Of course, as humans, we have a lot of similarities. But when it comes to purpose, it has to be in line with God's will. So that I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. I will guide you with my eye. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mole, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with a bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Let me say this. A lot of people feel that God uses disasters you know, to teach them a lesson. No, he doesn't. But, unfortunately, but interestingly, many people do not seek God's counsel until there's a disaster. <laughs> I'll say it again. God doesn't use disasters and problems to instruct you. His word is his instruction. But unfortunately, 
of funny enough, many people don't turn their direction or their eyes to God until they encounter a problem. And that's what you're saying here. Don't be like a bitch. There has to be a harness. There has to be, you know, um, you know, pushed. Do a lot of situations make you now look for God's counsel? He says, I will guide you with my eyes. Meaning that, but with the smallest nudge, perception, I, I used an illustration the other time. I said, we that grew up in, in Africa, our parents, we understood eye contact with our parents. You know, maybe they took you out somewhere to someone's house and the, the, the host brought a meal for you to eat. And out of shared discipline, your parents just want to train you how to control yourself and your appetite. Your parents will just, not that they hate the person, just want to teach you how to control yourself in public. Your parents would say, would give you a look. Once you see that look as an African child, you know your parents don't want you to eat. You know, you just know by that look alone, your parents don't have to say anything. You see, that's how God wants to lead us. It doesn't have to, they, they don't, it doesn't have to be fire and brimstone for us to know God is saying, don't take this step or take this step. No. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Say, I yield to God. You know, just say, say to yourself constantly, I yield to God. I'm not, I'm not hard to be led. It's not difficult for me to pick the signals of God concerning my life. Tell yourself that over and over again. Amen. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. The problem is lots of people take their you know, have taken the steps and they want God now to bless their steps. I'll say it again. They've, they've leaned on the understanding. They've taken the steps. Now along the way, they want God to just bless the actions they've taken. But that's what the Bible says. The Bible says, trust in the Lord and lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he would direct he will be the one to direct your path. Not you leaning on your understanding, taking steps, then along the way, do not acknowledge him. You see, once you've done that, you, you, you've reduced the influence of God's hand on that situation. You have limited God. The Bible says they limited the Holy One of Israel. You have limited God's power in that situation because you took the step you need to understand, and you're probably going on a path that he didn't intend for you. You're probably going on a path that he didn't intend for you. So I want to say to you today, trust in the Lord. See, trust is a very big word. Trust is a very, very big word. But you just have to trust in the Lord. And you know, you have to trust in the one that is the beginning and the end, that knows all things. He's called the all-wise God. You have to trust in him. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. Maybe in the other path, I'm going to spend more time talking about this. So we, 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 we laid these foundations last week. And um, we talked about, you know, I, I, said, I said some things last week, and I just want to emphasize them some more. Romans chapter 12 from verse 1 to 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm reading the King James Version, right? That you may prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Now, one of my opening statements was about following God's plans for your life and being led by the Spirit. And I said some, some things earlier on. I said, because a door opens, an opportunity doesn't mean God's leading you in that direction. Lots of people are led by opportunities, led by open doors, led by fear, led by pressure. And they call all these things God. Why? They say, if it is God, why? if it's not God, then why did it happen? Because something happened doesn't mean God's leading in that direction. You see, we need to clear all these things before we even go how God leads. Because these are the impediments that people have that even though they, they know how God leads, somehow they come back to this. They come back to this. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may be able to prove what is good, accepted, and perfect will of God. And, and, and I'm, I'm listening to so many people, and they say that um, God's will is good, it's acceptable, and it's perfect will of God. I'm trying to explain the scripture. And some translations also say that, but I, I beg to disagree. Right? It's Bible study, right? I beg to disagree. I believe, and I'm going to look at it in scripture, that the will of God can be good. There is an acceptable will of God, and it's a perfect will of God. And many people, uh, dear man of God, uh, uh, Reverend Kenny E. Hagen, used to say this a lot. You know, people will stop at the good will of God, just that on the good will. Then there's an acceptable will, and there's a perfect will. Young translation says here, for it says, and be not conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. For you, for your proving what is the will of God, the good one, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Many of us and many people are going to stop at the good will. What is just good? It's good for you to prosper. It's good for you to walk in health. It's good for you to get married, have children. That is good. But those things in Christian faith are generic. Meaning that it's 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 norm. It, it should just happen. But if you're going to fulfill God's will for your life, then you must know how to move from just the good will to the perfect will of God. And some say, you know, one of the, the delicate areas is when it's acceptable. People say God accepted it, so it is it, it's the best. Not really. Not really. Let me read Philippians chapter one verse nine. A, a lot of people don't know that. <sighs> Okay, 
it's Bible study, so I don't want to go too deep. But let me just read the translation uh, a scripture for you. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. He says, and this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development in knowledge and all keen insight. That your love may display itself in greater depth of acquaintance and more correct, comprehensive discernment. Verse 10 says that so that you may surely learn to sense what is vital and approve and prize what is excellent of real value. Now hear this recognizing the highest and the best, distinguishing the moral difference, recognizing the, 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 the highest and the best. If there's something like the highest, then there's something lesser than that, right? If something like is the best, then there is the good and there's the better. Distinguishing the moral difference. So we, are, we should always strive to be in God's perfect will for our lives. And that can only happen when we are led by the Spirit, when we know how to hear God's voice. You know, in First Samuel chapter 8, uh, I'm not going to read through it, but the Bible talks about the children of Israel asking for a king. They were asking for a king. And I'm saying this to somebody today. They were asking for a king. In fact, verse says, but when they said, give us a king to lead us. And someone prayed to the Lord, and the Lord told him, listen to all the, all, the, all the people are saying, it is not you that they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. They wanted a king. And if you go down, you will see that God told them everything that the king was going to do to them. Everything that the king was going to do to them, Samuel told them. He told them. But look at what happened. Verse 21. When, um, verse 19. He said, but the people refused to see Samuel. No, they said, we want a king of us. They refused to listen. They refused to listen. But do you know what? God gave them a king. But was giving them a king at that time God's perfect will? No. 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 So a lot of us will save ourselves a lot of trouble if we can just stay with God. And how do we do that? It's by being led. Learning how God talks to us. Learn how God talks to us. So, I also said some things last week where I said um, in the Old Testament, a lot of people live their lives uh, in how they're going to be led by physical circumstances, right? God, if it's you that wants me to do this, then let this happen. If it's you are the one that wants me to do this, let this happen. But in the New Testament, it's completely different. The Bible says in Acts chapter 11, from verse 11 to 12, says, but then three men who had been sent from Caesarea arrived at the house where they were saying, the Holy Spirit told me to go with them and not to worry that they were Gentiles. Who told him the Holy Spirit? So in the Old Testament, there was a lot of emphasis on a physical manifestation to prove that God was leading them in that direction. But in the New Testament, we yield to the Holy Ghost. 
We yield to the Holy Ghost. We yield to the Holy Ghost. We yield to the Holy Ghost. In Judges, um, book of Judges, Gideon talked about a fleece. He was asking God, God, if it's you, let the fleece do this. If it's you, let the fleece still be up in the morning, but the ground dry and all of that, just to be sure that God was the one in that direction. And people do that even now, forgetting that that time, the Old Testament and New Testament are two different dispensations. So how God, how God permitted people to ask for his guidance then is not the way he leads us now. It's not the way he leads us now. In the New Testament, he leads us differently. And we're going to, from next, we're going to look at every, we're going to take time to check out every, the ways he leads us. But in the New Testament, we don't wait for physical things to happen to hear God. For my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Praise God. Praise God. So I want to say some things here. As a child of God, we should expect God to talk to us. Why should we expect God to talk to us? It's not a strange thing. It should not be a strange thing when we say, some people think we are fanatic, some say, God talks to me, or God said this to me. People feel we've gone bonkers. What are you talking about? Right? How can you say God is talking to you? But as a child of God, you should expect God to talk to you. You should expect God. Don't say I'm confused. Don't say I don't know what to do. You should always expect God to talk to you. So I want to use the next um, 30 minutes to stir up faith in your heart that God is talking to you. He's willing to tell you about that situation, the next steps to take concerning your life. I want to scare faith in your heart that you can perceive, you can anticipate when there is danger. Hallelujah. You can anticipate when there is danger ahead, not by any physical manifestation, but by the leading of the Spirit. Praise God. You can anticipate the next breakthrough for your career, your academics, your business. You can sense who God wants you to marry. Hallelujah. You can sense the city to live in. You can sense, you can know by the spirit the next job to take. You can also know what to walk away from. You are a child of God. Hallelujah. These are mandatory um, abilities or, or, or that God has, basic abilities that God has put inside every child of God. Every. Every child of God, God has put that ability on our inside. So I'm not trying to put something, I'm not trying to tell you something different outside your nature. What's the nature of a dog? A dog barks. Would you be surprised if a dog is barking? No. Would you be surprised if a bird flies in front of you? No. Why? It's their nature. In fact, you'll be shocked if the bird is not flying. You'd be shocked if the dog is not barking. Because you know by nature, by ability, it has the capacity to do that. So I say to you, by nature, by capacity and ability, you have the ability to hear God. You can hear God for yourself. 
You can know what to do. You can know the next step to take. You are not the confused. You are not the confused. You know what to do to, 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 to increase your income or whatever it is you need. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. The first thing I want to say is this. Man is a spirit. You are a spirit. You are a spirit. You are not the body. You are a spirit. James chapter 1 verse 26. James chapter 1 verse 26. It says here, And God said, Let us make man in our own image. Over our likeness, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over every over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God <laughs> created he male and female. Image. Who is God? Bible God, God is a spirit. So if God is creating anything in his image, he's creating another spirit. So basic, you are a spirit. You are not a mind. Ah, let, 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 let me just, first Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you complete. May your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. May your whole spirit, soul, and body, you are a spirit. Many people allow their flesh, their bodies to lead them. Many people allow their souls, I feel like doing something, so I want to do it. I feel, I know it's wrong, but I, I feel like doing it. Praise God. I feel like doing it, so I do it. But man is not a feeling. Man is not a soul. Man is a spirit. If you're going to know, if you're going to learn how to hear God for yourself, you must first understand your spirit. So God talking to you is spirit-to-spirit -spirit communication. It's not spirit-to-flesh communication. God is a spirit, and man is a spirit. So it's spirit-to-spirit -spirit communication, not spirit-to-soul communication. See, many people don't act on God's word because they don't feel like it. It's not a feeling. You are not a feeling. You have a soul where your feelings reside. You can use it in a positive way, but you cannot allow your soul to dominate you. You can allow your things to dominate you. You are a spirit. Bible says God created man his own image. If God is a spirit, then his image is his replica. He's also spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Job chapter 32, verse 7. Job chapter 32, verse 7. It says, I said, A should speak, and multitude of years should teach wisdom. But there is a spirit in man. Hallelujah. There is a spirit in man. And the breath of the Almighty gives him what? Understanding. 
I told you, it is spirit to spirit communication. Hearing God's voice is spirit to spirit, not spirit to mind. It's not the mind. People say things like, my gut feeling, my mind. My mind told me this. I felt like this. That God doesn't lead through feelings. <laughs> he doesn't lead through feelings. And we need to, especially in this generation or this season or this time of, of the world existence, where a lot of things are mind and soul, we must know that God leads us to this way. There's a spirit in man. And the breath of the Almighty, the, the breath of the Spirit of God gives him understanding. Gives who? The Spirit of man. So what am I saying? You can have a feeling, a feeling, an emotion towards something that you don't want to do. But your spirit can pick signals from God and tell you that that's what God wants you to do. So you can act out God's word, God's instruction, without even feeling like it. <laughs> you know, this is where people get it confused. I don't, but I don't feel like it. No. You can act out God's word, God's instruction, without feeling like it. I'll say it again. You can act out God's instruction. You can hear God's voice and act out instruction without feeling like it. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Feelings. Feelings have hindered people. Emotions have stopped people. Oh, I'm married to somebody and I don't feel, I don't feel loved anymore. And so if I don't feel loved anymore, I need to check out of that relationship, right? To check out of that marriage. Who said? You see, God. God does not use our feelings to direct us. The same way he doesn't use calamities and problems to teach us anything. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So there's an inward man. Contemporary English version says, we never give up. Our bodies are gradually dying. Because this human flesh is decaying. We, we all know it from birth. But we ourselves, so there's a difference between our bodies and us. Your body is a house you live in. Your body is a house. It's like the clothes I'm wearing. This clothes is not, this shirt is not me. I'm wearing it. At the end of my existence on earth, I'm going to put away this shirt, but I will still exist. That's what he's saying here. Our outer body is dying, but we ourselves, we are made stronger on our inside. Glory to God. Glory to God. So man is a spirit. Man is a spirit. And it's spirit to spirit communication. If you're going to learn and train yourself to hear God's voice, you're going to first understand that you're a spirit, and it's a spirit that's communicating with you. So you stop looking all around for evidence. Amen. You stop looking around for evidence. Number two, our spirits are alive to God. You see, every human is a spirit, whether a Christian, or a non-Christian. 
every human being born on the earth is a spirit. So that's phase one. But even if you're a spirit, the moment you, you are a dead spirit until you are now born again. So you've entered category two. You're not just a spirit now, but you are a born again spirit. So your spirit is alive unto God. So I'm saying this, I'm giving you this, are, be guaranteed that God wants to talk to you. You are never out of the, the parameters of those that God wants to talk to. Amen. You are never out of the parameters of those that God wants to talk to. Our spirit are alive unto God. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. It says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. Are you saying again? The carnal mind. Nor indeed can be. The mind, uh, we'll talk about the mind later. Verse 8. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Hallelujah. They can't please God. You can't use the flesh to please God. It's not possible. Verse 8. But you are not in the flesh, glory to God, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life, is alive because of righteousness. So your spirit is alive. I'm alive unto God. Glory to God. I'm alive unto God. My spirit is alive. My spirit is alive unto God. I know what to do. I'm in constant fellowship with the Father. My spirit is alive. Your spirit is not dead. The moment you receive Jesus, your spirit came alive. Glory to God. I'm alive unto 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 God. Your spirit is alive. Let this stop faith in you. My spirit is alive unto God. I can pick. I know what God wants me to do. For my spirit is alive unto God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. The same thing. Says the same thing. And he made that. And you, he made a life. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. Your spirit is made alive. Your spirit is made alive. Hallelujah. Let me just go to verse 4 to save time. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. He made us. What did he make alive? Our bodies have always been alive until we received Jesus. Even when we did receive Jesus, our bodies were existing. So what came alive? Our spirits. In the natural, a dead man cannot hear what you're saying. I'll say it again. If you go to the morgue, the, 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 the hospital, if someone has passed on, no matter how much you scream, he can't hear you. No matter how much you scream, the dead man on the hospital bed can't hear you. Why? He's no more. His body is dead. His hearing ability is gone. The same way, when, when a person has not received Jesus, no matter how God screams, he can't hear because the spirit is dead. 
But boy, once you come into Christ, once Jesus comes into your heart, your spirit is alive. <laughs> your spirit is alive. You can hear him. You can hear him. You can hear him. Have faith. God talks to me. He talks to me like all of his children. Hallelujah. He talks to me. If a father selects only those he talks to amongst all his children, is that a good father? No. We all have access to the father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, number one, you are a spirit. Number two, your spirit has been made alive unto God. And number three, the Holy Spirit lives in us now. See, the Holy Spirit lives, the moment we got born again, the Holy Spirit came into our life. We are in the, the dispensation. We are in the, in the government of the Holy Ghost. I like that word. The Holy Ghost rules now. And we're, in, in the basic fundamental um, responsibility of the Holy Spirit, let's check it out. John chapter 14, verse 16. John chapter 14, verse 16. It says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. Glory to God. Jesus was, this, this were the words of Jesus. And he said, look, I'm going to go away. But I'm going to ask the Father to give you somebody else like me. A comforter. You see, one of the things that comforts every human is knowing what to do. The most frustrating thing to a human being is not knowing what to do. I believe it's one of the most devastating things that can happen to any human being. Not knowing what to do concerning a situation or a problem. But the Bible says something. It says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter. But the word comforter, the Amplified breaks it down, means counselor. Counselor. Do you need counsel? You have a counselor on your inside. Ah, oh, glory to God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm never in the dark in the name of Jesus. I'm never in the dark. I'm never in the dark concerning God's plans for my life, what to do and how to do it. I'm never in the dark. For the counselor lives on my inside. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the greatest counselor lives on my inside. Woo! Oh my goodness. The counselor lives on my inside. I know what to do. I'm never confused. I'm never in the dark. I take the right steps in the name of the Lord Jesus. The counselor. He is the counselor. I know we go for counseling sessions. I know we see people. I know we talk to people. But the greatest counselor lives on your inside. <laughs> oh, glory to God. He's there for free. <laughs> He's there for free. Glory to God. The greatest counselor lives on your inside. He lives in me. I know what to do. I've got counsel from the Holy Ghost. He lives on your inside. But I love what he says. He says that he may remain in you forever. Woo! Glory to God. The counselor lives in me forever. Forever. He's not going in. That is why at any point in time, you can get counsel. At any point in time, you should never be in the dark. Because he's in you for the greatest counselor. 
He's in you forever. He's in you. He's in me. He's in us, the children of God. We know what, that we know what to do. All we need to do is to, is to, is to sit deep, deep on the inside. But we know what to do. The spirit of truth. This counselor is called the spirit of truth. This Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. What is truth? You know, people have termed fact as truth. People have termed, you know, I hear, we say this in this time, I'm speaking my truth. And I'm speaking my truth. But truth is not relative. <laughs> truth is not relative. Truth is truth. I'll say it again. Truth is not relative. Truth is truth. Amen. Truth is truth. It's not relative. So the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, brothers and sisters, we have an advantage. Ah, Labashoto. Hey, glory to God. I'll say it again, brothers and sisters, we have an advantage. We have an advantage. It says the world cannot receive him. It says the whom the world cannot receive, welcome, take to his, his, his heart. Because it does not see him or know him and recognize him. They don't have him. We've got something that the world doesn't have. Oh, hallelujah. I said we've got something that the world does not have. You are at an advantage. Oh, you are at an advantage at work. You are at an advantage in school. You are at an advantage in every area of your life because you have something that the world doesn't have. You've got the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. Glory to God. If every child of God can walk with the spirit of truth on his inside. If every child of God will yield to the spirit of truth. Oh, we'll walk in the victory that God has designed for us. We'll walk in that victory every day. But you know I recognize him. For he lives with you constantly and will be in you. There is a counselor on your inside. The spirit of truth is his name. What is it concerning that situation that you don't know? There is a truth about that situation. The truth from God's word. The truth. I love Jeremiah. He says, the plans I have towards you are not of evil but of good to give you a future, a hope, and an expected end. There is a truth. The truth is that expected that God has for you. Would you yield to that spirit of truth? Let him take you there. Let him guide you there. You've got something that the world doesn't have. You have an advantage every time. You have an advantage. Glory to God. It's in 2 Corinthians 6, from 15 to 16. It says, and what record has Christ with Bilia? What path? What path? What path? As a believer with an unbeliever. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them. And walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. <laughs> I will dwell in them. I will walk among them. There is somebody on your inside. Hallelujah. There is somebody on your inside. The word walk means to parabolate. Glory to God. He's parabolating on your inside. The spirit of God is walking. He says, what agreement of the temple of God? 
You are the temple of God. 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 God lives on your inside. He's communicating with you all the time. You know what to do. You are led by his spirit. Have faith. You see, the fundamental criteria for being led is have faith. Have faith. Have faith. Hallelujah. He calls to the temple of God. Where do you expect the fullness of God's expression? In his temple. Where do you expect the fullness of God's expression, God's counsel in his temple? And the Bible calls it the temple of God, so you know what to do. There's full counsel on your inside. The counselor is on your inside. The spirit of truth is on your inside. Let's bring this to a wrap for today. John 16, 12. I'll say it again. It says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Again, he will guide you. The Lord of God says, and he will tell you things to come. So we are not in the dark concerning our future. Oh, glory to God. You can know five years what will happen. The steps to take for the next five years. He will tell you things to come. He will tell you. He will tell you things to come. That's what the scripture says. He will tell you. If you would only ask him, if you only have faith and yield to him, he will tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. When you know things to come, you will not live in fear because you will know what to do. When you know things that are coming, you will not live in discouragement. A lot of people are discouraged because they don't know what to do. They don't know what is coming. But when the spirit of truth has come on your inside, now that you're a child of God, he will tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. Lastly, I say this. 1 John chapter 2, verse 26 to 27. These things I have written to you as we close today. Concerning those who try to deceive you. You see, many people are deceived. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. The anointing, the anointing is when you activate the Holy Ghost. The anointing is dead. When you, are, when you activate the Holy Ghost, the anointing is dead. He said, the anointing received abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. Here, I'm talking about um, teachers of the gospel. It's talking about those that want to cons. Those that want to deceive you, don't forget the context. People have lost money. People have lost relationships. People have lost things. Some have lost their lives because they, they were deceived. But I tell you the truth. If we yield to the spirit of God on our inside, we will not be deceived. He said that spirit will teach you. That spirit will teach you. Praise God. I'm going to step, stop here for today. That spirit will teach you. That spirit will teach you. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to so three things I want your faith to hang on. Number one, man is a spirit. And you are a spirit being. Number two, your spirit is alive unto God. You are not dead. You are not dead. I, I remember I used the illustration of 
talking to a dead person in the hospital, no matter how much you shout, person not going to hear. The same thing for those that are not in Christ, no matter how God shouts, in quotes, they cannot hear. But you are not that. Your spirit has made alive to God. And number three, hallelujah, we are living in the dispensation of the Holy Ghost. He put his spirit on the inside of us. And now we have the spirit of truth. And now we have the great counsel. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for um, yielding and listening to today's um, Bible study. I trust God that you learned something today. Um, put what you've learned to work. You see, when you put what you've learned to work, it stays. It stays. Go back to the scriptures. They'll be on online, on Facebook, Innocent Tabla um, Kubie at um, um, Innocent Tabla on Facebook, also on Instagram, Innocent Times on Instagram, and Kingsword BC, same Facebook and Instagram. Praise God. The message that will be there, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Send your um, questions, I'll be taking questions um, at kingswordvancouver.gmail.com. Praise God. Thank you once again for joining us here at Kingswords International Church. We hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingswords International Church, British Columbia. Feel free to visit our website at kingswordbritishcolumbia.com. That is kingswordsbritishcolumbia.com for more teachings. God bless you.